0: Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good to see you all in the house today. I hope you had a great week. Uh, Kim and I had a really good week last week. We were in... Uh, Philadelphia. And I spoke at a youth camp in actually Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of the office. Some of you know that, some of you don't know that. But uh, we had a great trip. There's about 350 students there and about 40, 42 kids accepted Christ as Savior and uh, just had a really, really great week with the students. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Thank you for... um, Thank you for being kind and letting me go. Last week when we flew back in from Antigua from going to that uh, family event for MJ's family, uh, we couldn't get an early flight, and we winded up uh, landing in Texas uh, at DFW about 1130, but we were able to watch our service online. So I want to encourage you, when you're out of town, make sure that you Uh, you tune into our Facebook uh, church Facebook page, Warehouse Church, and you can watch a service live. Say hi uh, when you're watching it, and the people that are back there will respond to you and be really glad that you're watching uh, because Nikki only gets paid if people watch that. Other than that, she doesn't get paid, so she'll really appreciate that. We're starting a new series today uh, called Asking for a Friend, and on the seats that you saw this morning, before you sat down, hopefully, or you're going to find it as a wedgie when you get up later, uh, there's this card that ha- says participate in our upcoming series called Asking for a Friend by dropping your questions in the box in the lobby, or you can also text a question that you may have uh, to our church uh, cell phone, which is 972-800-9424. Now, the idea of this is not this is not suggestion box time. Okay, I think we need to this, 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 and this. No, you're giving us some good questions that perhaps we can look into answering from you from the word of God uh, that will help you in your life. And sometimes they're difficult questions. You ever have somebody say to you, boy, I wish I knew the answer to that question, but I'm kind of too embarrassed to ask. Uh, We got a couple doozies last week uh, that I'm excited to uh, talk to you about in the next few weeks uh, some of the questions are similar, and we're going to put them all together on the screen when we talk about some very, very, very difficult subjects, but uh, important subjects in our culture, and also important because they're talked about in the Word of God. Uh, today we're going to start off by talking about probably one of the most compelling um, influences in our, so- uh, in our culture, in our society today, social media. How many of you at some level or another... Are on social media. Raise your hand up in the air. Okay, put it straight up in the air. Okay, how many of you aren't? No haters. How many of you aren't? You want nothing to do with it. You don't go near it. Okay. All right. Yes. Listen. It's Jack. It's all good. It's all good. The only, and and you already know that Star Wars is coming out in December, so you don't have to worry about people on social media telling you about that. But uh, boy, what a what a huge huge. Uh, influence that social media has on our culture today Uh, believe it or not or not believe it or it's just being talked about how that was even influential on the uh, last election for president of the United States and it's just something that's every single day many times in, in my family we hear about stuff in the news on social media before we watch the news Now, I'm going to date myself along with some of you other people in this room that are close or near to my age. You would hear news at something called, now this is going to be new to some of you guys, the 6 o'clock network news. That's where you would find out about stuff. Remember you used to watch the news every day at 6 o'clock, and then it got 5 o'clock, and then it's now 4.30, and now you have all the morning, and just the morning news that's out there, and all the news uh, media programs that are on television But they're really becoming irrelevant because of all the things that we, all the information that's available to us on social media. But I'm not here to promote or to necessarily say that uh, social media is a bad thing in and of itself. I want to direct your attention to the book of Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to read for you this morning verses 6 through 17. Uh, My question I'm going to ask you is this, how can I share my opinions on social media and maintain a good testimony? Isn't that a great question somebody submitted? How can I share my opinions on social media and maintain or have a good testimony or a good reputation? Daniel chapter one, uh, there's these guys that you probably have heard about uh, when you were either kid in Sunday school or when your kids come home and talk to you about these guys There was a guy named Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we're going to talk about them this morning and not, we're not going to go through their whole life, but it's just small passage of scripture here in Daniel chapter 1. It says in verse number 6, there was, uh, among those that were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's that's their names uh, before the the, uh, Babylonian king changed their names. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name of Balthasar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Uh, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would have ra- have my head uh, of this because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink and compare our appearance to that of young men who eat royal food and treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to do this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine and gave, and, and, and they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge, understanding, uh, of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. So the Bible tells us here early in this passage, in verse number eight, that Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the food that the uh, that the Babylonian king or the Babylonian officials told him to eat. Now, to give you a little bit of backdrop, not to get real too deep historical on you. Uh, these young men from Judah were taken away in captivity because uh, the nation of Israel and, the, and, and Judah, the whole nation, um, had had worshipped idols. And God told them, "If you don't stop worshiping idols, if you don't stop disobeying me, if you don't stop disobeying me, I'm going to take you away." And 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 promised them He was going to punish them. They were taken into captivity. But some of the smartest of 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 the students of of these. Of the nation of Israel and from Judah were taken in to help in court or help the king or, or to have influence because they were very learned and they were very uh, they were very you know strong men and they, they saw that they could have some influence. So, in order to do that, there was a time of preparation. The king had his people say, Take all these guys from Judah and put them in, uh, we'll call it a uh, boot camp. Uh, for our country, and they're going to learn the ways of our country, and the first thing they're going to learn is how to eat, and then they're going to learn our systems, then they're going to learn our government, and then we're going to give them positions where they can either build themselves to have influence, or they're going to hurt themselves, and we're going to put them in prison. So basically, it was a whole system that they were learning uh, from this country, and Daniel said to himself in his heart, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm not going to set aside my dietary laws that I follow as a, as, a, as a king, as a child of the king, uh, as a Jewish man, I'm not going to drink this and I'm not going to eat this. Uh, there were dietary laws. Some of you have heard of the Daniel diet plan. Anybody hear of the Daniel diet plan? Vegetables and water only. Mmm, does that sound good, right? Let's have some beans and water for lunch today. Burnt. No, I'm not doing that. But. You know, they, were, they, they purposed in their heart. But there was a bigger principle here, and here was their principle in their life. They were not going to be like everybody else and submit to the world system as children of God. They wanted to represent God. And I think we can draw a very strong parallel to this. When it comes to the way that we represent ourselves, now specifically, we're going to talk about social media and online presence and all those things. But there really is a bigger there really is a bigger picture idea here. How do you represent yourself in our world and our culture today? The influence for us to be like everybody else is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, it's not. If you notice this now, I, you know I was kind of mocking the Daniel Diet Plan. But a couple years ago, a lot of you know this, I, I, was, I, I got very sick, I had a heart attack, and I had to change the way that I was eating. And I had My blood sugar was out of control. I was taking five insulin shots a day, met with a doctor, helped me very, very much. He's a member of our church and, and really kind of helped me understand some things I need to do with my diet to be healthy. But I'm gonna tell you, eating healthy is hard. If you go to a restaurant, we were at, uh, with a church family, uh, I guess it was this family I'm talking about about two months ago, And we went to, not Payway, but the the, the expensive Payway. What's that one called? P.F. Chang's. Yeah, I rolled off some of your tongues a little too quick there this morning, all right? So we went to P.F. Chang's, and I'm looking at the menu, and the person came up and said, hey, can you tell me what on your menu doesn't have sugar? Because I don't eat sugar. And the lady said, I don't know. So she went back and got her manager. And the manager, I was like I was going to the principal's office can you tell me what on your memory, uh, on your, this happened, what on your me- menu doesn't have sugar? And she said, I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up online. They had no idea. So she went back. And we're like, five minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. We're waiting to find out. And she says, sir, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but nothing on our menu doesn't have sugar in it. I said, what about the chicken lettuce wraps? And she said, wow. They have more the only thing that has more sugar than the chicken lettuce wraps is the chocolate molten lava cake on their menu. So you know how some of you have gone to that restaurant and said, I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna get the chicken lettuce wraps. Second highest percentage of sugar on their menu. And listen, I'm not hating on anybody that likes that stuff. I can't eat it because I have diabetes. But you, when you ask questions like that, it's really, really funny because I'm not a little guy, you know? And I'll sit down, and I'll order some food like that, and we had it when we went away. Uh, I'd say, hey, can, can, you make, can I get this without sugar? They're like, what? And they look at me like I'm an idiot. Like, the one guy was looking at me like, buddy, it's way too late for you now. Why are you even worried about that kind of stuff? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and, and, and I know that's just a little thing, and it's trivial, you know, and, it's, and it's very personal about my life, but it's amazing when... You want to make decisions in your life. Listen, not to be like everybody else. You know, we we had a little poll this morning. Two out of the 100 and some people that are in this room this morning said they don't don't, don't do social media. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think they felt a negative peer pressure for that. I hope they didn't. I know Tammy reached across and bopped him on the head a little bit. I hope you don't feel negative peer pressure because of that, but the truth of the matter is we kind of are drawn into that because you will be very disconnected from uh, from culture and society if you're kind of not on some of this stuff. Uh, We have it for church. Kim and I have our own Facebook accounts personally. I'm very, very strategic in what I try to put up there. I put up Uh, family values and Philly fan stuff. That's what I put up on my, if you know me, that's what I put up on my Facebook. All stuff about me and Kim and our kids and positive, 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 positive. And then so you know that I'm human, I put a bunch of stuff about the Eagles and the Flyers, uh, not the Flyers so much, but the Eagles and the Sixers and the Phillies all the time because that's who I am And, and that's part of my life. But it's interesting to me how we've taken this platform and have used it to kind of elevate our, our uh, the basis of our opinion in culture and society today. Listen to what Ephesians chapter four, verse number twenty nine says: Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And I'm not inserting this into God's word. I'm not adding things to God's word. But I would say this: We could also add this thought to this verse. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths or through your social media. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Listen, that it may benefit those who listen. Do you know that there are as many bullies on social media that claim the name of Christ as there are people that don't share the same values? Man, I read some ugly stuff just like you do all the time. Uh, people sharing their hardcore opinions because we want people to know how we feel. And you can almost become militant about it to the point where you're hateful. And instead of doing it for the benefit of others and lifting up Christ, you just, well, this is how I feel, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and we've kind of taken that position, and we have to be very careful with that. Philippians 2 5 says, Let this mind or conversation or lifestyle be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I remember a few years ago that this is, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be very careful and I'm gonna tiptoe on politics for a second and I'm gonna pull myself back out. But if you wanna ask a question on how we should talk about these things, that's a great question to write on your card and put it inside the big cell phone looking thing in the lobby after church. But a few years ago, I, I remembered, I was talking to the church about, um, Something that was really bothering me when President Barack Obama was in office, people weren't calling him President Obama. They were just calling him Obama by his last name. And I don't remember in my lifetime where we would only refer to a president by their last name only. To me, personal feelings now, okay, I'm injecting some opinion into this, that felt very condescending and disrespectful because we don't respect, right? Whether or not you like the man, we still respect the office. Would you would you just partially agree with that as a citizen of the United States? Okay, That's not a biblical thing. that was an opinion thing. But boy, has that gotten worse today? For whatever reason that you would say that that is, and there just seems that we, we could blame, right? But we as people aren't respecting, those in authority the way that we're either supposed to or used to. There's been a value system that's been changing in our country. We could blame it on a person or a system on this or that, but the truth is, church, what we need to remember, whether or not cultures change, this hasn't changed, and that's the Word of God. And we're supposed to represent this, and the things that come out of our mouth are supposed to build people up and make them feel edified or encouraged so that so that they when they come to us, there's positivity. Now listen, we need to let our yays be nays, nay, our nays be nays. We do need to stand for certain things. But wow, we have to be so careful that when we do, we're not alienating ourselves from other people. We have to be very careful about that. Um, but we noticed when, when President Obama was in office, and even today with our current president, There just seems that there's no acknowledgement or respect for absolutes. What seems to carry the most weight in our culture, in our society today, are opinions and feelings, not truth. Opinions and feelings. Uh, I'm okay. I really am okay. I know I am a foreigner in a new land. I've only been in Dallas, Texas for about four years. And I really am okay. Okay. And I'm not as hateful as I used to be to people that like the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not. I live, yeah, come on. You can give a little love on that. Listen, I'm, I live in your land, okay? And I don't want to come and convert this whole area to like the Philadelphia Eagles and the Phillies and the Sixers and the teams that I like because you know what that is? That's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. You should like your home teams. And I respect that. But it, it's funny how we want, our, we want people to, to like what we like no matter what the cost is because my opinion is what's very, very important, not absolute truth, right? My opinion on how I feel about politics, my opinion on how I feel about social issues, my opinion on how I feel about different people in public office, you need to know how I feel. Now, I know, here's, here's another very pressing issue that's different in this part of the country than it is in part of the country where I'm from, uh, this part of the country, very, very high, high value put on gun ownership. And I, that's fine. I'm, I respect that. I get the Constitution and all that stuff. Where I'm from, I didn't even know anybody that had guns. Right? Now, I've been to the shooting range a couple times since I've lived here. It's very freeing, you know, and I enjoy that. And I will probably buy my wife a gun someday and we'll have one in our home. I'm not against that, okay? That's that's that that is your opinion. But wow, when 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 we share those opinions about things, we have to be careful that we're not hurting others because it's okay not to share the same opinion on those things. It really is okay. What's not okay is when we disagree with absolutes. The word of God, Jesus Christ being the only way to have a relationship with God, repentance, Holy living, being the parent that you're supposed to be, being the the husband or wife that you're supposed to be, being the student that you're supposed to be, pursuing holiness in your life on a daily basis, pursuing a lifestyle of authentic worship, which means nothing less than this, nothing more than this, you being constantly aware of the presence of God in your lives. Opinions and feelings are trumping truth today. Today, we have this amazing social media platform to tell people how we feel about everything. And it's kind of funny, some of the stuff. And I'll I'll encourage you today. Go look at some of the ways people feel about stuff today. Uh, On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now, what's a cool social media thing that students do today? Because last week when I said, how many of you guys on Facebook, they looked at me at this camp I was at, they were like, ew, Facebook's for old people, okay? So what is a relevant social media platform for students today, Pastor Gary? Pastor Gary. Snapchat, okay. I said, I said, listen to what I did. This is a big mistake. I said some of you guys are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I said Snapchat. And what's the one where you swipe left for dating? Yeah, I said Tinder. I said Tinder in front of a youth camp, and they looked at me like I was a freak of nature, you know. So which was totally understandable. But whatever social media platform you see yourself engaging in. Um, When you tell people how much you love or hate something, and Dallas has this thing, now you know this, okay? North Texas peeps, listen to me now. We have this way, and I'm being inclusive here, of being a little passive-aggressive in our tone sometimes. You with me on that? Where we can, you know, we'll tell somebody something by telling them something else, and this passive-aggressive behavior kind of comes out in our words and even in the things that we write. But listen to this. When you tell people how much you love, passive-aggressively, or hate something, what you're doing is alienating yourself from the opportunity to have influence with everybody. Does that make sense? So let me give you some things, let me give you some idea when it comes to your conversation, but also to the way that you engage on social media that will help you maintain the testimony where you represent the one who died for you, and that's Jesus Christ. Number one is this, let your words... Your posts also let your posts and words reflect a godly life. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Psalm 37:30 30 says, The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak out what is just utter wisdom, speaking kindness, let your light shine before men. Do your posts and words reflect a value system that says, I am a child of God, I know Christ is my Savior, and the most important thing that I'm gonna tell you about my life is, is Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be communicating in our lives. Let this lifestyle be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus was a humble, obedient servant. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter two. But we want people to know so badly what we stand for, what's a value to us, what's important to us. Is Christ preeminent or dominant in that part of your conversation? The crickets are going this morning. Number two. And I don't think you're disagreeing with me. We just all got back from vacation, so it's all good. Let your posts and words reflect a godly life. Here's number two. This is harder. Be humble on social media and all your communication. Be humble. Be humble. Social media has become a platform for righteous bragging. You know, it's like that that solo that the that the opera lady began to sing the first time that she began to sing. Me, 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 me. And everything's about me, 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 how great I am, how great and perfect my kids are. I I put up a picture yesterday when we got home from our trip. My 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 oldest granddaughter Logan was at the house and she came up to me and while while we're I'm hugging on her and talking to her. I said, hey, take a picture. I want to put Logan up. I want to put a picture of us on social media. Wait a minute. Let me fix her hair first. When I take a picture of me and Kim before we put it on Facebook, I've learned when we do selfies, I've got to do like seven or eight because she has to choose the one that I'm allowed to put on social media because it can't be imperfect. You know, it's got to be the one where the hair's just right and and the light is just hitting, you know, and, and I don't look fat, and I don't look this, and I don't do this, and it's gotta be this, and it's gotta be that, and, and now we're in this thing because of our height disparity, because I'm about six foot five plus, and my wife is about five foot one. If she's not wearing, like, Gene Simmons heels from Kiss, then, then I've got to you know, kind of do the squat thing while we're taking pictures, or one of our favorite poses is her standing on a curb because I look taller than her, but I don't look like Herman Munster standing next to her, you know? Because what we want everybody to see is our life is perfect. We have such a great life, and our kids have never done anything wrong, and our grandkids eat vegetables and three meals a day, and sleep eight hours every single night, and take a two-hour nap in the middle of the day, and they're all going to get straight A's on their report card and never get in trouble like my girls never did. And we love to give off this vibe that, look at me, I am the greatest person and the greatest parent. Finally, in humanity today, there's a great parent like me that everybody can work off of. Isn't that kind of what we're saying with the perfect vibes that we're trying to put out there? I like the ones where the mom's taking a picture of her and her kid with slop all over the kid's face, her hair jacked up, her house is dirty. That's somebody that's keeping it real. You with me? Be humble. Luke 12, 15 says, then he said to them, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed because life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. Look what I bought. Look at my new this. Look at my new that. Look at my perfect this. Look at my perfect that. Look at all the stuff that I acquired because of how successful and awesome I am. Proverbs twelve twenty five says that anxiety weighs down the heart. That makes people anxious. I went to a 30-year high school reunion. Ugh, I hate to say this a few years ago. Ugh. And it was funny to me that everybody that was going to this reunion, like we just got this influx of all these pictures of houses and vacation houses and cars and Jeeps and and cool stuff and motorcycles and all these different things where everybody was just letting everybody else know how successful or how many payments they had. Just depends on how you want to look at that. Right? Be humble. Be humble. Paul Peter says this in 1 Peter humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up and that's hard to do because uh, listen I like, I like when people tell me that I do good at stuff that I try to do I don't like a critical spirit all the time you know I don't like it when people say to me hey we like a church but man that really stunk today that doesn't happen I mean maybe they're thinking it in their heart but people aren't that mean to me but people want to be affirmed. I get that. I want people to say, "Hey, great job," or "Great this," or "Great that." I love that. But man, it just seems like sometimes on 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 some of these posts that we put out that we're really really not fishing for the, you know, big big catch. We're fishing for the big compliment. "Well, you guys are so awesome. You're so great. You're so this and so that." And we've got to be careful that there's a humility that's coming out in our lives in our words, and when I listen, the Bible, all these things, the Bible talks about words, but what's interesting about the word in the word of God called conversation, when you think of conversation, you think of talking to somebody, right? One-on-one conversation, phone conversation, but you know, conversation also can include uh, text messaging, would you agree with that, or instant messaging, or whatever Gary said that his, what you said your thing is, is Snapchat like an instant conversation thing? Okay, so whatever, whatever it is that you do, where you talk, that would be conversation. If you're even sending pictures out of yourself, that's conversation. But here's what's interesting: that word "conversation" in the original Greek that the Bible was written in also means lifestyle. Isn't that interesting? So our lifestyle, our conversation, ought to be that where we're trying to listen, not trying to draw attention to our awesome selves. Oh, I'm the man. No, our attention should be being a glory deflector to Jesus Christ. We want people to see Him because of us. We want people to know Him because we're here. We want people. We want us. We kind of want it to be that we're kind of a uh, an agent of. Let me get you to Him so He could talk to you about. So He could tell you about salvation. Be humble. Number three, don't be self-centered. Don't be self-centered. It goes in with the last point. Proverbs twenty-nine twenty-three. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Pride brings a person low. Here's number four from the father of a daughter, and this will be very popular today, I'm sure. Be modest on social media. Can I get a couple moms that will say amen to that at least? Be modest. Modest is what, Tara? Modest is hottest good word that's from our youth pastor's wife that wasn't in my notes okay sort of be modest why why is it important for us to be modest listen ladies i love you but i don't need to be looking at pictures of you in your newest almost bikini that's not healthy for me that's not healthy for your husbands to see other women like that they don't need to be looking at that stuff and and we got to be so careful with that because listen if you've got a body where you can, where you can uh, bust out with a bikini like that, kudos to you those, okay? Much respect for that. But that's not for the whole world because here's the thing. You don't belong to yourself. Your body, whether you're perfect or imperfect by today's culture standards, doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus Christ, and Jesus said, therefore, glorify God in your body. What, we're, what we ought to be trying to do in our lives is the way that we dress, the way that we talk, our conversation, our lifestyle does what? Draws people to Christ. It's because of this point right now that you will not see me in a speedo on my Facebook. <laughs> lots of amens to that, okay? Lots and lots of amens to that. But the point is understood. You know what I'm saying. Be modest. You represent Christ, And listen, if you need to put yourself out like that on social media, the people that'll see that aren't the people you want to date. Save it for that person. Now, some of the dads are saying, you could go another 30 minutes, and the rest of you say, move on, so I'll move on. Number five, here's something about communication I think is important. I want to share this with married couples this morning. You make sure on your devices, on your social media platform, whatever it is that you do on your computer, don't hide your password from your mate. Okay, I used to, I, my, when I bought my kids cell phones, way back when they first came out, right? Um, we had a rule. I bought them a cell phone that belonged to me. And they, I had to have their password. And any time that I wanted to, I would walk into their bedroom, and they couldn't do anything about it, and I would pick up their phone. And I, I, am I telling the truth, Emily? And these weren't all good days, were they, when this would happen? These weren't all... Days of hugs to dad. You know what I'm saying? I'd walk in her room or one of my other daughter's rooms. Christina kind of lucked out because she was old enough to wear this. How old were you when you had your first cell phone, Christina? college, my 31-year-old daughter, okay? So you understand. And it's funny to me because I remember when Emily, I think she turned 12 years old, she's like, dad, I really want a, an iPhone for, for my birthday. I said, honey, I understand, but iPhone's like $300. I don't know if that's a 12-year-old birthday present. Oh, but dad, come on, you got to give me an iPhone. I said, honey, that's expensive. Yeah, but the payment plans are really low. Wow, you know this culture really, really good, right? I said, honey, that is a very expensive, that's, that's just a very expensive phone. Yeah, but you know that you could track me and do, you know, you'll always know where I, I mean, every reason, she was selling it strong. And then she said this, which totally lost all her credibility. Come on, dad, you understand. You wanted an iPhone when you were 12 years old. <laughs> no, first computer was in the year 2000 for me, which isn't as strong as my cell phone today. I mean, it's incredible that the amount of, information that's out there but I would tell your parents much to your chagrin guys and ladies you should not have a password on your phone where they can't open it look at it anytime they want to and it brought turmoil into our house there was a young man that sent my that sent my one of my daughters I'm gonna get yelled at after church for this let me figure how I'm gonna say this that sent pictures of himself and inquired for pictures of herself right? So because it's my phone and he didn't use her name, I took it as a text message to me. (laughs) So I took my shirt off and took a picture of myself. Here's the topless selfie that you asked for. I would like to see you tomorrow. And he got all of it. And I was like 360 pounds at the time. So my cup was full and running over. Yeah. Yeah. That may have been my best parenting moment of all my years, Ray. That's like the best thing I ever did. Boy, you should have seen. I was in, I mean, we had a big Christian school, and this kid, man, you should have seen it. I called him to my office the next day. He was so afraid. And even worse for him, Officer Randy in the back there, he was 19. So I was allowed to go up to that boy and put my hands on him. It was awesome. So freeing. Share your passwords. If you have... Couples, married couples, if you don't share your password, you know what you're saying to your wife or your husband that you have secrets. If they can't read what you're doing on, on whatever, then, then you shouldn't be saying it. Share your passwords. Number six, and all the teenagers said amen. Number six. Be careful. Oh, my gosh, this is so big. Be careful with private conversations. You know what's happened on social media stuff? We can reconnect with people we went to high school with. And we could go back and have a conversation with somebody we went to school with 10, 15, 20, maybe even 30 years ago, right? Oh, how you doing? How's your life? How's your kids? da 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 You know what? Guys, it's not healthy for you to have a private conversation with a woman like that. It's not without your wife being a part of that. I'm saying that to married guys. Ladies, you too. We have to be careful. Just be careful. I'm not saying that there's nobody in this church that I don't have a text-messing conversation with. It's a member of the opposite sex. But I'll tell you this, my wife knows all of them because she has access to my phone. She knows how to get into my phone, get out of my phone, find it, this and that. It's very, very important. Be very careful with private conversations. Number seven, celebrate values and celebrate Jesus. Let me read this great passage for you out of Philippians chapter three. But whatever were gains to me, Paul said, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage Because I want to gain Christ and be found in him. Not having righteousness of my own, Paul said, I'm not good enough, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. And so somehow, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, I don't want anything in my life to matter as much as Jesus matters. Psalm 19:14. I say this sometimes when I pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Celebrate values and Jesus. Here's some things you can do today in closing. Talk about this. Parents talk about it with your students. Husbands and wives talk about it with each other. Would you be okay, husband, if your wife, if you handed your wife your phone and she looked through your internet history and your social media history, would that be a positive experience for you or would you have to do a whole lot of explaining? Hey, listen, wives, the same thing, right? We have to not only protect our marriages, listen now, and protect our homes, the bigger picture is we have to protect the name of Jesus Christ, We can't give anybody a reason to say that person's a hypocrite, that stuff about Jesus isn't real. Everything should be a loss to us except for what? The knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'm not jumping on our students. Listen, my generation owes your generation an apology. When I was a student, I had a speaker say to us one time, his generation, the 60s, free love and all the crazy stuff at Woodstock and all that stuff, He said to us, My generation owes your generation uh, an apology for all the sexual promiscuity that's in our culture today. And I didn't even know what promiscuity meant. What does promiscuity mean? You know? But I think our generation owes your generation an apology because we've given you way too much, listen, than you're equipped to handle. Way too much. Man, when we were kids, we had a cool dad that had a stash in his room. You with me, guys? Come on now. And now we've given our students this this device where the whole world is open to them. The whole world. Good and bad, rotten and all of that stuff. Why do we have to protect ourselves? Because we need to protect the testimony of Jesus Christ in our lives. Listen, social media is a great thing. I use it. I'm on Facebook, I'm moderately on Instagram. I, I got off of Twitter because there's way too much easy stuff to get to on Twitter, so I just deleted it from my phone. But I want to tell you something. We, I have a men's mentoring group that I'm, that I'm leading right now. I'm not perfect. I wish I could tell you that from the day that I invited Jesus Christ to come into my heart, I've lived a sinless life for the past 41 years. It's not true. And I think you understand that in your life, too. And frankly, um, we make an excuse sometimes that stuff's too much to handle. I couldn't handle. It's way too much of a barrage of a temptation. Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians there's no temptation that can happen to you that's common to man, that God will provide a way for you to escape that. But you have to trust Him. You have to lean in on Him a little bit. One of my guys in the group, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he used, he used a great word, and I, and, I, and I asked permission so that I could say this word that he used in our group when we were talking about male purity. And he said, You know what? It's just exhausting sometimes trying to stay right all the time. It's just exhausting. Man, I just thought that was a good word. Because the attack is real. And this isn't all about pornography this morning. This is about somebody speaking to you, maybe couples, in a way that your husband or wife doesn't speak to you that just triggers something that you're not used to or triggers a memory or triggers... And that's Satan because here's the thing about Satan. God knows all your strengths, weaknesses, and all the things that he's gifted you to do, right? He's God, obviously. But Satan also knows every single weak part of your life, and that's exactly where he's going to attack you. He knows where Ed's weak. That's where he comes after Ed. He knows where my wife Kim is weak. That's where he comes after Kim. He knows where your husband, ladies, is weak. That's where he's going to come after him. Same thing, ladies. He knows where you're weak. That's where, that's where Satan's going to come after you because what's his goal? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. He walks around this earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may hurt the feelings of, talk bad about, no, devour. <laughs> he, would, he would love today to destroy my marriage to my wife because what that would do to this church. Nothing more. He would love to do that to your family too because what that would do to your testimony and your family. But it's not just about, listen, my marriage, keeping my marriage strong, is it just so I can be one of those couples that could say one day, Pastor, this is my 60th some anniversary. I want to say that someday want my wife to get an endurance award for that you've been married to him for how long you get a gold medal you know i want her to get that someday i want that for us i want that for my kids and grandkids but i want that because when i see jesus i want him to be honored by that and church this this stuff that all this stuff it's not just social not just about social media it's about the influence of the world guard your hearts guard your hearts get help listen 50 minutes a week is not enough. You need to be in a life group. You need to be in some kind of good accountability group or Bible study. Let us help you get connected to something like that, to help you grow and to be the men and women that you need to be. The fight is real, and it's hitting me as hard as it's hitting you. And I'm telling you right now, I need all the help that I can get, but I think you know that you do too. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. For the testimony of Daniel, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's system. Help us not get sucked into the system in our culture and society today where where we excuse poor behavior, where where opinions matter more than truth. But Lord, help us to not become like spiritual bullies online and just tell everybody, uh, get on this big soapbox of perfection, Lord, because we really mark ourselves with that. Let our conversation be seasoned with grace, with kindness, with affirming words, and sometimes, Father, the greatest amount of self-control that we need to exhibit in our lives is silence, and let our actions be seen louder than our words are. Now, that's what we were taught when we were kids. Actions speak louder than words, but today it just seems like words are trumping our actions and words are trumping the way that we are with people words are trumping our reputation father let us get back to that thing where we want people to see us people that glorify you people that live for you people that honor you because i know this father it's happened in my life it's happened in the lives of many people here when people go through hell in their lives and and their world shattered they're going to go to people have a foundation in their life that have that exude strength and and have a relationship with christ so that we can be ready to give them an answer of the hope that lies within us with meekness and fear, as you tell us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 15. Thank you for loving us. But, Father, I pray that you would protect us, protect our social media exposure this week, protect our exposure on Netflix, protect our exposure on Hulu, protect our exposure on HBO and on television. Father, we're only putting good stuff in so good stuff comes out. Help us to protect our marriages. Help parents to be strong and lead their teenagers and ask hard questions and and keep them accountable, but not in a way where they feel like they're living in the Third Reich, but in a way, Father, so that they know that they're looking out for their benefit. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you for Jesus. And, Lord, for everything we've ever done and everything that's in front of our life, we're going to do. You love us anyway. I can't even get over that. But I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness in our lives today. We ask you this in Jesus' name, and everybody said it with me. Amen. I hope you're encouraged by that today.